The Vamp is as evil as she is beautiful, an even more heartless cousin of the femme fatale, she's one of culture's most alluring villains. So what defines the vamp on screen? She's gorgeous, and the vamp's looks are her greatest weapon. Get out the fire hose. Her targets are usually men, and she uses beauty and sexuality to ensnare them. As alluring as she appears on the outside, inside she's monstrous and totally cold-blooded. The vamp is ruthless and lacking feeling without any hope of changing, or any satisfying explanation of why she's like this. Why are you doing this? <laughs> you are such a disappointment. Her desire for money or power might be insatiable, but any such rational motive seems secondary to a primal drive to destroy and inflict suffering. The vamp is often portrayed as animalistic and almost supernatural. The transition will not be easy. She originates in depictions of female vampires who literally drain the life from their victims. And even when she's not actually non-human, she still retains an otherworldly dark magic aura. At the core of her villainy is the fact that the vamp has obtained power from her beauty, because that power preys on the primal base instincts of men, reminding them of how vulnerable they can be. And now I'm meeting your boyfriend. Very rarely does the vamp win, and she's frequently bested by a more righteous, less vivacious female character subtly playing into the Madonna whore split. Sometimes when I feel I can't go on, I turn to Jesus and he helps me through it. Here's our take on the vamp and how she embodies exaggerated versions of all the things women are told they can't be and how eventually she's punished for it. You wouldn't kill me. You'd miss me. The vamp's greatest weapon is her sexuality. She embodies society's view of women who embrace sex as a threat to the established order, and the fear around her rests on the sense that there's something inherently emasculating about a sexually empowered woman. In Cruel Intentions, Catherine Murtoy dangles her sexuality over Sebastian as a way to control him. You're just a toy, Sebastian. And she does the same with Ronald, pitting him and Sebastian against each other, which ultimately is what leads to Sebastian's death. While we've argued before that Catherine can be viewed as a kind of anti-heroine who exposes society's double standards for women, the film itself endorses a far more conservative message in its happy ending of Catherine's humiliating downfall while the saintly Annette rides off into the sunset. The vamp's sexuality is equated with power, specifically power over men. In 2021's Nightmare Alley, psychiatrist Lilith Ritter's power is immediately visible in her office, which is filled with audio recordings of the deepest, darkest secrets of the people she sees. My office is wired to record all analysis sessions. Initially, it seems like Bradley Cooper's Stanton has the power in their dynamic. He's on the up, gaining money, stature, and influence through his medium psychic act. When he meets Lilith, he treats her as a sex object and tries to convince her to do what he wants. Is that why you're here? To look at me? No, I'm just thinking that if you help me, we can make quite a big dent in this town. We. But ultimately, it's revealed he has no power over her. All along, Lilith has been conning him, recording their analysis session to eventually blackmail him, costing him everything. It's this emasculating effect the vamp has that makes her such a go-to villain for heroic male characters. In Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Dr. Elsa has a real hold on Indy. Even in their first interaction, he symbolically gives himself over to her. You have your father's eyes. And my mother's ears, but the rest belongs to you. 
This is a character we're not used to seeing as vulnerable, but confronted with the vamp, he is. And the fact that she's revealed as a Nazi makes explicit this link between overt sexuality and evil. Similarly, in The World Is Not Enough, Electra's beauty and sexuality almost act as a disguise for her villainy, and for a long time this works on Bond, another character we're used to seeing as almost superhuman. So the vamp's importance is in showing that these men's desire is their Achilles heel, and something they need to keep in control. If only you'd kept away, we might have met again in a few years and become lovers once more. While these vamps are very much human, they relate back to the trope's more supernatural, vampiric origins. Though they typically don't drink blood, these characters' sexual appetites overpower those of the men, destroying their masculinity in the process. What Ron wants to do is leave here right now, go to the sleaziest motel in town, and wrap himself around me like a coiled snake. It's unlikely we ever meet a vamp in day-to-day -day life, but one kind of villain that shows up pretty regularly in the real world is the data broker, those shadowy companies that buy your data and sell it, usually without your consent. This video's sponsor, Incogni, can help, and the first 100 people to use code THETAKE at incogni.com slash thetake will get 20% off their service. Earlier this year, I started receiving a bunch of spam emails from all sorts of senders. I traced it back to a free newsletter I signed up to, but by then it was too late. Even removing myself from the list didn't stop the onslaught of messages. That's when I found Incogni. Turns out you have the right to ask data brokers to delete your details, but it would take years to get all the information about you out of the public realm. They often have things like your name, address, social security number, even details about your family. It's pretty invasive. Incogni can help. They get in touch with the brokers for you and keep you posted on their progress. When I told her about it, my mom decided to start using Incogni too, because after she'd searched some health issues online, she started seeing ads for services she'd never visited. It spooked her, so she used my code to take 20% off. Remember, the first 100 people to click the link in the description will get 20% off Incogni. Take control of your browsing experience today. So who is the original vamp? Theta Barrow was a fixture of the early days of silent cinema, starring in films like A Fool There Was and The Devil's Daughter, and is widely thought of to be the first vamp character. She is the nameless vampire, a thoroughly sexual woman who uses her erotic appeal as the Reaper uses his scythe. This image was also deliberately built into Theta Barra's off-screen reputation. Promotional photos showed her posing with skeletons, and a story was concocted that she was born in Egypt in the shadow of the Sphinx, when in reality she was a Jewish woman from Cincinnati. She was even told by the studio that she could only go out at night and had to wear veils in public. All this helped cement the character of the vamp in the public imagination, blurring the line between fact and fiction and suggesting that this monster was more real and more of a threat than people would like to believe. The idea of the predatory female was something that was in the air at time. It was a time when women were sort of spreading out into the real world, looking for the right to vote, looking to move into the workforce. This persona was closely linked to the female vampire figure, and it's interesting that while male vampires have sometimes been campier, older, more monstrous creatures holed up in gothic castles, female vampires have long been exclusively beautiful and seductive. Aura's version of the vamp emerged in the silent era, where there was less pressure for a villain like her to necessarily be moralized or punished. But the vamp also overlaps in some ways with the femme fatale, the sexy, dangerous female leading men to ruin who saw her heyday in film noir of the 40s and 50s. Never get away from me, Tommy. 
I won't let you. Some of the cruelest femme fatales do basically qualify as vamps because they seem completely without feeling for their victims. But more often, femme fatales do have some sympathetic or human moments. They tend to be in desperate situations or have lived tragic lives that partially explain how they got this way. I hated my life, only I wasn't strong enough to get away from it. They're also typically executing a layered con, whereas the femme fatale presents herself as a vulnerable victim in need of help, preying on a man's desire to be heroic. I've got nobody to help me if you won't help me. Be generous, Mr. Spade. The vamp doesn't hide behind such conservative or weak demeanor. She openly weaponizes her sexuality to the fullest extent, making men helpless in the process. You can play mommy and daddy. To this day, the image of the youthful, sexy, alluring vampire has persisted. She may be pure evil, but with characters like Jennifer in Jennifer's body or Miriam in The Hunger, their beauty and glamour make this future almost aspirational. The vamp might also have links to the gold digger. Yet in her purest form, the vamp seems to have a deep void inside that wants nothing but to cause devastation. In addition to the vampire, the vamp is associated with other deadly animals, especially insects and arachnids, like the praying mantis whose females were famously known to devour their mates, and the deadly black widow. Oh, fine kind of love, a female spider. And there's a religious precedent in the character of Lilith, not the Nightmare Alley vamp, although the name is probably not a coincidence. Lilith was Adam's first wife in the Jewish text The Alphabet of Ben Sirah, who rebelled at being made subservient to her husband and is often depicted as a half-woman, half-snake creature. As Sarah Century writes, many wicked women of history are based on Lilithian legend. We can also see the influence of the alluring sirens of Greek mythology who tempted sailors like Odysseus with beautiful songs trying to lure them to their deaths. Think of the mysterious woman in The Shining's Room 237 who transforms from a seductive woman to a hideous cackling monster after Jack begins kissing her. Or the Grand High Witch in The Witches whose high glamour disguises a more terrifying reality. You may remove your of course, there's American Horror Story's Moira, the spirit of a housekeeper who appears in her true elderly form to women but as a seductive younger version of herself to men. I just get the stains. Do you want to make a new one? And even depictions of the devil herself, as in Liz Hurley's spandex-clad Satan in Bedazzled. The vamp's dual nature as both otherworldly and animalistic plays on the idea that women, particularly beautiful women, can't be trusted. Vampires and monsters may feel like the stuff of archaic myth and legend, but as society has developed these anxieties about heartless women, the vamp has taken on more modern and even futuristic imagery. The vamp trope has increasingly merged with the image of the evil AI, reflecting our fears about artificial intelligence. See Austin Powers' Fembots. You're a Fembot! No shit, Sherlock. Or Ex Machina's Ava. Are you attracted to me? Where classic vamps have targeted masculinity, robot vamps can show a more general disregard for all humanity. In Westworld, Dolores Abernathy's beauty at first helps code her as innocent and pure. She's programmed to play the wide-eyed farmer's daughter character who chooses to see the goodness in the world. But as she becomes more self-aware, she rejects that persona and engages in countless murders and attacks on humankind. Dolores isn't necessarily a pure vamp in that she does have some values and constructive goals. Still, those values can be scary to the humans around her because they may be at odds with our interests. I want their world. The world they've denied us. 
And again, we see the idea that a woman's beauty disguises who they really are. Similarly, in humans, Niska's beauty forced her into a life of subservience, placed in a brothel where she is continuously abused, much like Dolores, who is violated by the men who come through the park. The same trope is used in Netflix's Better Than Us, with Arissa murdering the man who tries to sexually assault her. In a sense, this is an evolution of the traditional vamp male dynamic. It's still male desire that's being punished, but there's more focus on how that desire can be ugly and violent and so deserving of retribution. It's not about showing these men as weak, but instead about showing them as being less than human, so this tension is introduced around what being human actually is. Vamps have always been women who go against the expectations of what women are meant to be. They are sexual, not virginal, manipulative, not doting, and powerful, not subservient. Ultimately, they're a manifestation of this particularly male fear that women will emasculate, castrate, and upend the patriarchal order. So the reason the trope survives and evolves is that this fear has never really gone away. It may even be more prevalent than ever. Am I powerful enough for you now, Stan? This is The Take on your favorite movie shows and culture. Subscribe so you can watch all of our videos.